opportunities in your life where you get the chance to meet yourself. And those opportunities don't really, they don't allow you to role play. You can't role play yourself meeting yourself, you know. It's those places where you have to dig deep. You know, if you've been faking it till you make it and you get on a bike and decide to ride a thousand miles <laughs> after not being on a bike since you were 12, let me explain how there is no faking it till you make it. What you do then is you dig deep into the your innermost being and you talk to yourself the self your soul you're not even talking to your mind it's not i used to say that it was a mental game that i played with myself to get myself to accomplish certain tasks but it's not a mental game i play with myself it's a soul game like i'm talking to my soul my mind makes a lot of decisions on a daily basis and runs through its little you know and I often have to reset that. But my soul, my soul is does not have a reset button. It is on automatic pilot, directed by God. And so there is no reset button on that, you know? So when I'm able to accomplish tasks that are so far outside of my mind, I know that I've tapped into my soul. And it's those opportunities and those situations where I feel the most in tune with who I am and yet I also feel the most in awe with who God made me the strength that he gave me the the details you know we often look at a picture and you step out and you look at it and it's gorgeous. But when you look at something that's beautiful to you, you tend to walk into it and move into it. And you really just want to see the intricacies of it. And then that's even more, you know, amazing to the mind. And so when I'm able to go out and complete tasks that I know I tapped into self, meaning I know I tapped into the God in me, it it does. I'm in awe of the details. God paid extreme attention to the details. He did not use a, what do you call it when you're making a, I used to make um, t-shirts, silkscreen shirts, you know, and we used to make those templates. He didn't, he didn't make a template and then make man. You have to imagine, if I want to make a thousand shirts, I make one template, it takes a little bit of time, and then I throw out a thousand shirts. I put it down, I just keep screen, screen printing, screen printing, screen printing. That is not what God chose to do. He did not make an army of one. No. He put in the time for each and every one of us. Each of us has our own print, our own screen. We have to know that. And anytime we wake up in the morning and we go out into our day and we look at someone else and we're judging our um, sense of accomplishment or our sense of value 
based on what we see someone else do and thinking, I wish I could do it like that. You're just going against your innate divine design. You were not designed to do it like that. Now, some things might seem similar. They may. They may actually seem similar, like you did it almost kind of like them. And that may be true. But the one thing that I know is not true is that it was never supposed to be exactly the same. That's why even when God, even when twins are born, they are not exactly the same. Man has the ability to look into DNA and we've done all these studies. And I mean, this comes down to where you have somebody come onto the news and tell you that, oh my goodness, 10 million years ago, we were walking on our fours. And can you believe the evolution that man has made up to this point? Or that 10 million years ago, really? Really? Now, I'm not discounting the fact that we have the ability to look at science and determine that something happened a long, long time ago. But that doesn't mean it's really kind of out of context because we have no idea what 10 million years ago looked like. We have, we don't have, an, we don't know what it looked like 10 years ago. We have an idea. We would like to have an idea. I think because it makes us feel more comfortable that, that we're surviving, you know? should really um, been a lot about mental illness and being open about it and being willing to get help and being willing to not stigmatize others who are dealing with it, you know? And I really think we need to look at ourselves because if, if every day you wake up and your, your mind is telling you that you are to be this person because you saw them last week do this or you're to change your mind about this particular um, thought process you're having because you saw somebody else have this or, you know, in certain ways, if you're always changing your mind based on what you see around you and what others are doing, not changing your mind because the soul in you is talking to you and telling you this is not for me. No, no, no. Looking at others and determining this is not for me. If, if you keep doing that, you can't equate that to a type of mental illness. I'm going to step into this avenue of intention. And that, you know, you've always heard that, oh, well, I, I intended. Okay, and everybody always has that cliche say that saying, you know, well, we all know about good intentions. I'm not sure that we do all really know about good intentions. I think we should begin everything, everything with good intentions. And I think when you begin it with good intentions, I think you need to do it on purpose. See, I think a lot of people think, I was raised well, I think well, I try and help other people, I'm a good person at heart. And so because of that, you feel like everything that you approach, you approach with good intentions. So you don't really approach it with good intentions on purpose. You feel like it's just a part of your being to approach things with good intentions. 
But I think that you honestly, for each decision that you make, that you need to make that a part of your um, thought process actively asking yourself, you know, as much as you say, thank God for this, or, you know, you sit and you pray for your food, like it's just second nature, you know, or when something happens, you just, oh, thank you, Father, you know, you should at the same time be doing the same thing about uh, questioning and acknowledging your intention. You should be saying, um, what are my intentions? What are their intentions? Do you know? It's, you know, you watch a lot of movies and in looking at the movies, we have seen where it was my, it was his intention, his good intention to come up with this particular um, invention. And then somehow the good intended invention ends up in the hands with other people with bad intentions to be done with his new intent, his new invention. And so sometimes you do have to look at that. Ethically, sometimes you have to look at what you're doing too, as to whether or not, yeah, your good intentions are would allow you to put this out into the world. But somebody else's bad intentions can multiply your good intentions to such a horrible, horrible degree that it might be you, the mature person, to decide that at this time, they're not ready. That's okay. Sometimes people aren't ready, you know? And if the, if the audience around you isn't ready, sometimes then it's not your time to put it out there, you know? But it's your responsibility not to put it out there. It's your responsibility not to put it out there. You know, and sometimes you need to question your intentions at the same time because you a lot of people I feel rationalize their intentions. I've rationalized my intention. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm talking to I'm talking to you because I've learned a lot of life lessons and I feel the need to share them in this space and time because I turned 45 and I'm wiser. I would like to say I did. I have turned 45. I'm thankful that I am wiser. But in looking back, the, the only thing I can say is that I attempt to be a little bit wiser. I'm trying to be a little bit wiser tomorrow than I am today. That's about my that's about the journey that I take, you know. Um, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself every day. I'm talking to myself. Every conversation that I'm having with you, I've already had with myself. And I'm having it again right now with myself. You know. And so that lets me know the conversations that I have with myself, just how difficult it is to truly internalize the idea of change that you're trying to make. Because I have, I have the right conversations with myself. I do. I have a lot of the right conversations with myself, but those negative conversations with myself, you have to almost see those as like, it's like a weight, you know, 
It's almost like you made the best cup of tea. <laughs> I made the best cup of tea. I'm telling you, it was really nice. It The color looked gorgeous, everything about it. I was like not feeling well and I just wanted a really beautiful cup of tea. So I make this cup of tea. I put the right amount of sugar in it. I let it steep for the right amount of time. I put lemon in it and everything. And I was just like, this is, this is, real. I put milk in it and everything. Well, at the last minute, I decided, oh, you know, maybe I'll put some lemon in there for my sore throat. And as soon as I dripped three drops, three drops of lemon in my big old beautiful cup of tea, it was, it just started looking nasty. It's like, got, first it went all frothy and then it got all little um, particles in it. And I mean, somebody else might look at it and say, oh, it's still drink." No, it wasn't. It wasn't drinkable. I wasn't drinking that. And so when I look at it, I'm thinking, I have to dump out the whole cup of tea, the whole cup of tea. I even tried scraping, you know, scraping that part off the top. But there's something about in your mind about what you saw that you had already determined that was not going into me. So no matter what I did to try and fix it, it just seemed like, okay, well, it's a tea bag. Let's just make a new cup of tea. That's what I feel about negative um, talk, negative energy, negative um, conversations with yourself. I feel like a lot of us have so, we, we're good. We are good. We have the right conversations. We watch, we read the right books. We listen to the right content. We surround ourselves with the right people. And then just haphazardly, just out of the blue, we just throw a lemon in there. And you can't really fix it. You have to start over. That's the part that gets us. We spend a lot of time trying to mm, scrape it off the top and no. No, no, you have to start over. You have to tell yourself, cancel, cancel, cancel. One of my uncles used to say that when I was little and I didn't listen to him. I don't even know if he said it to me, but he didn't have to because he had said it to enough people that somehow it got to me and I heard it. And so for a period of time, it sounded very good. I mean, I even tried to implement it into my life, but I didn't keep doing it. And I really, I hate that I, I don't like the idea that I didn't keep doing it because I feel like it could have had, you know, it would have had beneficial effects, you know, a long time ago. But I understood now the concept of cancel, cancel, cancel. You have to get rid of it. There is no, oh, oh, it's okay, but no, no, no. The butts in your life, no, they're not your friend. They are not your friend. Mm-mm. The only butt in your life that is your friend is the one attached to you. That's the only butt there should have been in your life. You know, you should give up all other butts. All other butts should be abandoned except the one attached to you. <laughs> there are opportunities in your life where you get the chance to meet yourself and those opportunities don't really, they don't allow you to role play. You can't role play yourself meeting yourself, you know. It's those places where you have to dig deep. You know, if you've been faking it till you make it and you get on a bike and decide to ride a thousand miles <laughs> after not being on a bike since you were 12, let me explain how there is no faking it till you make it. What you do then is you dig deep into the your innermost being 
and you talk to yourself, the self, your soul. You're not even talking to your mind. It's not, I used to say that it was a mental game that I played with myself to get myself to accomplish certain tasks. But it's not a mental game I play with myself. It's a soul game. Like I'm talking to my soul. My mind makes a lot of decisions on a daily basis and runs through its little, you know, and I often have to reset that. But my soul, my soul is, does not have a reset button. It is on automatic pilot directed by God and so there is no reset button on that you know so when I'm able to accomplish tasks that are so far outside of my mind I know that I've tapped into my soul and it's those opportunities and those situations where I feel the most in tune with who I am And yet I also feel the most in awe with who God made me, the strength that he gave me, the the details, you know? We often look at a picture and you step out and you look at it and it's gorgeous. But when you look at something that's beautiful to you, you tend to walk into it and move into it. And you really just want to see the intricacies of it. And then that's even more, you know, amazing to the mind. And so when I'm able to go out and complete tasks that I know I tapped into self, meaning I know I tapped into the God in me, it it does. I'm in awe of the details. God paid extreme attention to the details. He did not use a what do you call it when you're making a I used to make um, t-shirts silk screen shirts you know and we used to make those templates he didn't he didn't make a template and then make man you have to imagine if I want to make a thousand shirts I make one template takes a little bit of time and then I throw out a thousand shirts I put it down I just keep screen screen printing screen printing That is not what God chose to do. He did not make an army of one. No. He put in the time for each and every one of us. Each of us has our own print, our own screen. We have to know that. And anytime we wake up in the morning and we go out into our day and we look at someone else and we're judging our um, sense of accomplishment or our sense of value based on what we see someone else do and thinking, I wish I could do it like that. You're just going against your innate divine design. You were not designed to do it like that. Now, some things might seem similar they may. They may actually seem similar, like you did it almost kind of like them. And that may be true. But the one thing that I know is not true is that it was never supposed to be exactly the same. That's why even when God, even when twins are born, 
they are not exactly the same. Man has the ability to look into DNA and we've done all these studies. And I mean, this comes down to where you have somebody come onto the news and tell you that, oh my goodness, 10 million years ago, we were walking on our fours. And can you believe the evolution that man has made up to this point? Or that 10 million years ago, really? Really? Now, I'm not discounting the fact that we have the ability to look at science and determine that something happened a long, long time ago. But that doesn't mean it's really kind of out of context because we have no idea what 10 million years ago looked like. We have we don't have an, we don't know what it looked like 10 years ago. We have an idea. We would like to have an idea. I think because it makes us feel more comfortable that that we're surviving, you know? We should really um, been a lot about mental illness and being open about it and being willing to get help and being willing to not stigmatize others who are dealing with it, you know? And I really think we need to look at ourselves because if, if every day you wake up and your, your mind is telling you that you are to be this person because you saw them last week do this or you're to change your mind about this particular um, thought process you're having because you saw somebody else have this or, you know, in certain ways, if you're always changing your mind, based on what you see around you and what others are doing. Not changing your mind because the soul in you is talking to you and telling you this is not for me. No, no, no. Looking at others and determining this is not for me. If, if you keep doing that, you can't equate that to a type of mental illness. I'm going to step into this avenue of intention. And that, you know, you've always heard that, oh, well, I, I intended. Okay, and everybody always has that cliche say that saying, you know, well, we all know about good intentions. I'm not sure that we do all really know about good intentions. I think we should begin everything, everything with good intentions. And I think when you begin it with good intentions, I think you need to do it on purpose. See, I think a lot of people think I was raised well, I think well, I try and help other people, I'm a good person at heart, and so because of that, you feel like everything that you approach, you approach with good intentions. So you don't really approach it with good intentions on purpose. You feel like it's just a part of your being to approach things with good intentions. But I think that you honestly, for each decision that you make, that you need to make that a part of your um, thought process actively asking yourself, you know, as much as you say, thank God for this, or, you know, you sit and you pray for your food, like it's just second nature, you know, or when something happens, you just, oh, thank you, Father, you know, you should at the same time be doing the same thing about uh, questioning and acknowledging your intention. You should be saying, um, what are my intentions? What are their intentions? Do you know? 
it's you know you watch a lot of movies and in looking at the movies we have seen where it was my it was his intention his good intention to come up with this particular um, invention and then somehow the good intended invention ends up in the hands with other people with bad intentions to be done with his new intent his new invention and so sometimes you do have to look at that ethically sometimes you have to look at what you're doing too as to whether or not yeah your good intentions are would allow you to put this out into the world but somebody else's bad intentions can multiply your good intentions to such a horrible horrible degree that it might be you the mature person to decide that at this time they're not ready that's okay sometimes people aren't ready you know and if the if the audience around you isn't ready sometimes then it's not your time to put it out there you know but it's your responsibility not to put it out there it's your responsibility not to put it out there And sometimes you need to question your intentions at the same time. Because you, a lot of people I feel rationalize their intentions. I've rationalized my intention. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm talking to... I'm talking to you because I've learned a lot of life lessons. And I feel the need to share them in this space and time because I turned 45 and I'm wiser. I would like to say, I did. I have turned 45... I'm thankful that I am wiser. But in looking back, the the only thing I can say is that I attempt to be a little bit wiser. I'm trying to be a little bit wiser tomorrow than I am today. That's about my that's about the journey that I take, you know. Um, When I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself every day. I'm talking to myself. Every conversation that I'm having with you, I've already had with myself. And I'm having it again right now with myself. You know. And so that lets me know the conversations that I have with myself, just how difficult it is to truly internalize the idea of change that you're trying to make. Because I have, I have the right conversations with myself. I do. I have a lot of the right conversations with myself, but those negative conversations with myself, you have to almost see those as like, it's like a weight, you know, it's almost like you made the best cup of tea. (laughs) I made the best cup of tea. I'm telling you, it was really nice. It, the color looked gorgeous, everything about it. I was like not feeling well and I just wanted a really beautiful cup of tea. So I make this cup of tea. I put the right amount of sugar in it. I let it steep for the right amount of time. I put lemon in it and everything. And I was just like, this is, this is real. I put milk in it and everything. Well, at the last minute, I decided, oh, you know, maybe I'll put some lemon in there for my sore throat. And as soon as I dripped three drops, three drops of lemon in my big old beautiful cup of tea, it was... It just started looking nasty. It's like, God, first it went all frothy and 
then it got all little um, particles in it. And I mean, somebody else might look at it and say, oh, it's still drink. No, it wasn't. It wasn't drinkable. I wasn't drinking that. And so when I look at it, I'm thinking I have to dump out the whole cup of tea, the whole cup of tea. I even tried scraping, you know, scraping that part off the top. But there's something about in your mind about what you saw that you had already determined that was not going into me. So no matter what I did to try and fix it, it just seemed like, okay, well, it's a tea bag. Let's just make a new cup of tea. That's what I feel about negative um, talk, negative energy, negative um, conversations with yourself. I feel like a lot of us have so we we're good we are good we have the right conversations we watch we read the right books we listen to the right content we surround ourselves with the right people and then just haphazardly just out of the blue we just throw a lemon in there and you can't really fix it you have to start over that's the part that gets us we spend a lot of time trying to scrape it off the top and no 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 you have to start over you have to tell yourself cancel 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 one of my uncles used to say that when I was little and I didn't listen to him I don't even know if he said it to me but he didn't have to because he had said it to enough people that somehow it got to me and I heard it and so for a period of time it sounded very good I mean I even tried to implement it into my life but I didn't keep doing it and I really, I hate that I, I don't like the idea that I didn't keep doing it because I feel like it could have had, you know, it would have had beneficial effects, you know, a long time ago. But I understood now the concept of cancel, cancel, cancel. You have to get rid of it. There is no, oh, oh, it's okay, but no, no, no. The butts in your life, no, they're not your friend. They are not your friend. Mm -mm. The only butt in your life that is your friend is the one attached to you. That's the only butt there should have been in your life. You know, you should give up all other butts. All other butts should be abandoned except the one attached to you. 